Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Yes, driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him up! It's grand final week here on Radio Dub on FNR Football Nation Radio, the best week of the A-League women's season. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got my sidekick, Pakua Frimpong, alongside me as always. Pakua, how are you? I'm doing good. You know, Josh, sidekick, you know, let's... let's, It felt wrong as I said it. I apologise. If anything, you're Batman, I'm Robin. It's more like... You know, Nightwing. Like, you know, I was not really a sidekick, but just exceptionally <laughs> awesome is what I would say. Well, you know who else is uh, exceptionally awesome? Who's yeah. had an incredible season and had an incredible preliminary final on the weekend is mm-hmm. our first guest from the Melbourne Victory, the uh, on-fire goal scorer extraordinaire, all-action winger, Leah Privatelli joins us now. Leah, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And that's an absolute pleasure. Tell us, I mean, this victory squad has come together at the absolute perfect time. You've hit a purple patch of form. Just how have you how have you turned this season around so quickly? It's it's been a really tough season, to be honest with you guys. Like we were playing, you know, every every three days and we we were struggling um towards the end of that. And then I think a little bit of rest has actually helped us and we've been able to I guess, put all that form together and, and I guess, match fitness as well um, and have, have, you know, started the final series really, really strong. Now, this team, incredible as always, but you've had some, you know, different players come in and what's it been like to adjust and really find that type of, the type of playing style that really fits for this team and that's, gonna, like, that's made you guys so successful throughout this, you know, this latter part of the season? Yeah, well, look, our squad is, we've got great depth and, you know, started in, in the first round of the season where we had that horrible injury to, to our captain, Kayla Morrison. And from then, I guess everybody had to, you know, play their role and play their part in whatever was needed by Jeff, be it, you know, in a different position or, or, or whatnot. And we've, we're so tight as a unit that we would do anything for this team and for this club that, we just rolled our sleeves up and said, well, whatever Jeff needs, um, we'll get done. Speaking of which, you had a few games at fullback this season. You've played in a few different roles, uh, but back in your, in your natural spot on the, on the right wing, is that the, is that the position you prefer? Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever been a defender in my life. Um, so it was something that I had to um, really work on, but I'm definitely feeling much more comfortable down in the forward, forward line. You've scored a few goals throughout the season. Do you have a standout goal that's just kind of been like, that was the best thing I've done? Oh, it's no, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. To be fair, a lot of my goals have been either tap-ins or, or, or very close to, to the goal. Uh, but the one on the weekend, I guess, had to had to top it off. You know, it's a preliminary final to get us into, into you know, the big dance on the weekend. Um, to, to score the third one, which was I'd like to call the sealer, <laughs> um, well, it was yeah probably the, the highlight this year. Well, I hope you uh, you thanked Alex Chidiak after that goal because she had to hustle for for that one, just shock off a couple <laughs> of defenders to get the ball into the box. Chid's hustled the entire game and has hustled all year. She's just 
an absolute workhorse and 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 doesn't stop um and and she knows how much not only myself but the, the rest of the girls appreciate it and and value everything she does for us that celebration really stood out. Uh, you sort of led a, a conga line of players all the way from the goal to the to the bench to celebrate with the the coaching staff and the subs there. I mean that that's got to sum up you know the the unity of this of this group. Yeah, absolutely. Like we're we're best mates. Like a, a core group of us have actually been training together since like July August when when Melbourne was in lockdown. So we've been together for a really really long time and. And knowing that we could extend our season for one more week, just it means a lot to me, and I'm sure it means a lot to, to to everyone else in the squad because we just want to keep hanging out with each other. To be honest, <laughs> see that's that's a that's a good thing because honestly, if you didn't get along, then I don't think your team would come as far. And I think team unity definitely goes a long way. Looking ahead to the grand final, you know, on the weekend. What's your mindset for that game, and what do you think? You guys, is there any tactical like matchups that you really got like you're looking out for? To be honest, like I'm, 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 I'm nervous. I think anyone walking to a grand final would be nervous. Sydney are a, a really, really good team, and they're a top team, and they've been the standard all year. So, in terms of tactics, every single one of our players, be it starting eleven or or on the bench, you're just going to have to give the best games of of their lives because it's going to be tough and and I don't think we can just, you know, walk out of the field and think it's going to be easy because it's 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 not. So we're just all going to have to give our best game and, and, and you know, hope for the best. Later on the show, we are going to show an interview we had with Ali Green, who's going to be, if you are starting on the game of the weekend, should be your direct opponent. Is there, are you going to, you know, try to do some like fancy tricks to try beat her out <laughs> so we can get another good goal? Um... Uh, I actually listened to the commentary of the game the other night and I think one of the commentators said I'm, I'm not a flashy player um, and they're absolutely right. So <laughs> I think I'm just going to stick to stick to my strengths, uh, which is not doing the, the flashy sort of tricks and, and just hopefully either set someone up or, or score a goal myself. Leah, I want to dig into some of your, your career history and, and so forth because it hasn't all been plain sailing. I know you had a lot of injuries when you were younger, some surgeries as well. Yeah, I've, I've had my fair share of surgeries. I've had actually four hip surgeries um, in in my time. I think two when I was 17, 18, and the most recent in, in lockdown um, prior to last season. I had another two then. Um, but mixed in with that, you know, I've had a couple of concussions and whatnot. Um, yeah, so I've been riddled with injuries, but I think the, the extended pre-season this year like really helped me and, and my body um, get through. Is that obviously at the extent of preseason? But for a lot of um, female footballers, they've got to you know do two things at once. And I, if I'm not mistaken, you are a PE teacher as well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a high school teacher, so I teach uh, seven to nine health and PE, and I've got a VCE class as well. Now, are they hyping you up for this grand final? Have they? Is there? You know, are they putting the the, the big screen on? Like, is everybody coming in to you know watch? You know, Miss Privatelli, you know, score a wonder goal. Uh, to be fair, I think some of my Year Twelves asked if they could, if I could buy them tickets to come to <laughs> Sydney, um, and I just had to remind them that I don't earn that much. Um, but yeah, look, so, some of my students actually don't know I play, but but some of the kids I've had for a little while who are now in the senior school, um, they, they get rounded and and you know, every Monday they go, "Oh, Miss, I saw your game on the weekend." So yeah, look, I think a, a fair 
you know, chunk of the, the kids are getting around it, which is really nice. It's so funny that, the you know, the A-League women's players live this kind of double life sometimes. Like you said some of your students don't even know and you're a PE teacher. I mean, we heard earlier today, I, I saw on, on Twitter that Melina Ayres, you know, some of her, her co-workers thought she was a netballer. So, I mean, it's amazing that, you know, you're, you're heroes on the weekend, but it is it is kind of back to reality every every week on the job, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I'm not at the stage where I want to give up either of either job because I love playing football and I love teaching. So um, I'm really lucky that um, I get to to balance both. I guess my social life takes a, a pretty big hit, but um, you know, and, and the club and, and Jeff have been amazing, allowing me to, to 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 do both. Surely, you know, if you know, you guys win on the weekend, you next PE next class, you know, you just you know, guys, you know what? We're watching a tactical class of football. We're learning football this week. Tactical class. Watch my team do a masterclass. Is that is that what happens if you know you win the grand final? If if we win the grand final, I won't be going to work on Monday. That's, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, tell us about uh, the, your teammates that you've played with this season. Uh, is there anyone who you have a particularly strong connection with off the pitch? Ah. Oh. That's actually a, a really good question. Like, like I said before, like we're we're a really tight knit group. Um, so I, I wouldn't single out mm. um, anyone really. I guess Kayla Morrison has been a big one for me. Like I said before, she she got injured um, in round one. She, she she was our rock, our captain, and then I had to kind of um, fill her shoes, which are pretty big shoes to fill. But but she's been awesome for me. A really good sounding board as well, and then. You know, we've got some of the players that I've, I've played for years with, and then and then players I've never played before, like Chids, who um, who I would consider myself like quite good friends with now. So it, it's good that we've got such a good group that we all like hanging out with out with each other. We like hanging out with each other, you know, before training, after training, any spare minute. Like they really become family. So you know, singling out people can't can't really do. Mm. It's it's yeah, a really, really awesome environment to be around. You mentioned Kayla. Uh, I've seen all season the, the nice touch of having her jersey, you know, hanging on the back of the bench there. Um, you know, she's part of the journey still too, even if she, even if she can't take the field. Oh, absolutely. Kayla's at every single training session. Uh, she's she's very much still part of the squad, um, even though she's she's not walking out with us uh, on game day. She's yeah, she's been instrumental, and I can't wait to have her back on the field. Obviously, you know, the back end of the season has been, you know, a really, really tough. And how did you as a group, you know, kind of overcome that really like constant, you mm. know, constantly playing games and, you know, losing games here and there and, but, you know, trying to maintain that top four kind of spot? It was, it's actually, it was actually a bit of a blur, to, to be honest. It, it just went so quickly. I think it was a 23 days, seven games. So it was, play one game, look on to the next and, and just try and keep our spirits high. And and one thing Jeff has always said about us is, you know, even if we didn't have, you know, the best game or the best result, the next training session would all be there having a good time, laughing and then focusing on, on the next thing. So I think the word unity speaks speaks big for us, not just, you know, off the field, but being able to get through really tough passages like, like a, big chunk of games how tough has it been on the body as well that you know incredible backlog of fixtures that you had I mean 
it was just ridiculous. You're playing a game every two or three days for a while there to make up for all those lost fixtures. Yeah, look, I, I'm not as young as some of the other players in our team, although I might look young. Um, I'm almost 28, so my body's feeling a little bit tired, uh, a little bit sore, but it, it's been tough. But like I said, we, we prioritise our recovery. Um, our, our medical team are fantastic. They work overtime. Um, they give us all the you know, recovery options for us to use. So, yeah, I, I can't fault them, but they've been awesome this year and, and really help you know, some of the older, older players um, keep up with the younger ones. Well, I think you're doing all right. I mean, I'm surprised you can walk after four hip surgeries. That's unbelievable. So <laughs> to see you in this kind of surgeon. fitness, yeah, yeah, I bet. Four hip surgeries, I'd be like, guys, I'm just, from now on, I'm in a bed. Don't even, I'm not even trying to get up, I'm not even risking it. Um, I think that's what my mum said. <laughs> uh, Leah, as you said, you you know, you are like, you're almost 28 and the, uh, the dubs, you know, age is quite young. And how do you, you know, like, how do you go about mentoring or even like just even this season, you know, being in a different kind of leadership role, how do you go about, you know, guiding the younger players in the team and even in the the league? I guess I think maybe it comes a little bit naturally to me because I am a teacher and I'm, I'm dealing with um, younger kids all the time. Um, having said that, our, our young ones, like, you know, the likes of Paige Zoyce, Maya Markovsky, Polly Doran, um, they're actually quite mature, and they're going to laugh at me by saying this, but they're actually quite mature f- for their age in terms of their, their football brain. Um, but they just get on with it and they've handled everything that's been thrown to them um, really well this season and absolute credit to them. It must be so weird to, you know, go from teaching these kids and then to the week weekend you got players of a similar age as teammates. Yeah, I, actually Paige, um, Paige Zoyce, who's 18 now, she was actually a mascot for me one time when I was walking out on the field and we've got this awesome photo where I think I've seen this photo actually. Was she's tiny. Yeah. Yes, I think I've yeah, seen I think this so. photo, yeah. Yeah. Very cute photo. Have you done a recreation? No, nah, not yet. Surely if you <laughs> win if you that's win That's a good idea. If you win the if you win on the weekend, surely, you know, redo the photo but this time with the the trophy in the with in there as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think Paige would be down for that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well in last season's grand final, you won in the most dramatic circumstances possible. The uh, Kyra Cooney cross Olympico in the last minute. Uh, you know, it was such a tense match. What are you expecting from, from this game and, and from Sydney FC? Uh, I, I have no doubt that it's going to be you know, a really competitive game. Um, hopefully similar to, to last, last, um, last year. But if we can, hopefully get it done in 90 minutes instead of 120 <laughs> that would be nice for the to calm the nerves at least. Absolutely, I'd be sitting on the couch just stressing. You know, I, I I'm not going to put any predictions out because I'm too nervous and I don't want to jinx anybody. So I'm just going to be sitting in the chair, just like fig, trying to figure out what the hell's going on in the game. We have some family there, Leah. Yeah, I actually have quite a few people who who are going to fly down, which would be nice. Um, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, uh, my boyfriend's going to come as well, and then a couple of people from work actually. Um, which will be fun. Surely, you know, you got to have the school band. i got to represent the school and be like, guys, you can get be t- taught by an A-League women's champion. Surely that should be the next <laughs> billboard for the school you're teaching oh, at. Let's, let's just focus on the game and <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. 
Sydney FC have a pretty impressive record, especially in, in New South Wales. They've got rock solid back line. I mean, it's it's a daunting task to try and try and break this team down. But you you had a, a pretty spirited comeback against them when you when you played them at, at George Cross. Yeah, like like I've said, Sydney Sydney have been the benchmark all year, and um, they're they're so competitive. They're they're tactically good. They're technically good. Um, and I guess it was just we knew that we needed to get some sort of result that game, and kind of came out of nowhere we got a little bit of momentum in that second half after we scored the first goal and then uh, classic zim leaves us hanging for you know the 90th minute winner um yeah it'll it'll be really really tough but i'm excited for it is there one thing that you guys have really you know trying to focus on heading into that that the grand final on the weekend to be honest we're still in that recovery stage like we had yesterday off and um, today was more of a recovery mm. session, just getting the game out of our legs. Um, so I guess the next next lot of training sessions will be really focusing on Sydney and, and how we can nullify and, and, and really, I guess, use our strengths against theirs. You must draw some confidence from how many chances you were able to generate against Melbourne City on the weekend. I mean, you could have been four or five away at halftime, you know, barring some uh, some errant finishing. So, you know, is that is that something that you're looking to do again? Come out of the blocks really early and put the pressure on. Yeah, absolutely. Like if if we reflect, you know, from the first half of the season, we weren't creating nearly as many chances as we have in the last couple of games. Um, so. Hopefully we have our scoring boots on and um, we can finish more um, of the ones we create because, like you said, we could have been 4 or 5 nil up. Um, yeah. All right. Last one from me, Leah, before we let you go. When you go into a big game, do you think about a goal celebration if you score? Because we had Maya Markovsky on a couple of weeks ago. She's always got something in the bag. <laughs> she wouldn't say what it was on air. She said she wanted to uh, surprise us. But uh, do, you, yeah, we... do you think about that or do you just go with your instinct? Nah, we don't. Oh, I definitely don't plan on. We, we've got a team one that we're we're conjuring, um, but I don't know if I don't know if we will be able to pull it off. To be honest, but if I score, I just I usually just run and <laughs> I, I lose all all aspect of what's going on and just dump and celebrate. I think that's the appropriate, you know like celebration just the I love the running one where everybody's just confused and everyone's in shock that they've scored I always I always love that's one of my favorites that that's me I don't score often so I just I shock myself and then I just run away (laughs) (laughs) well Leah we might see you running away in celebration this weekend the best of luck for it uh you got plenty of support in the stands uh, I'm sure uh, the Victory Away fans will be out in forces as, as well as your families and so forth best of luck at Cogra we can't wait for what's going to be a thrilling match Thank you so much for having me, guys. Leah Privitelli from Melbourne Victory, the uh, the stand-in captain after Kayla Morrison went down early in the campaign. She's had big shoes to fill, but she's done it with aplomb. We're going to go to a break, but Bakua, we're going to pick our teams of the season as well. Yeah, yeah, Joshua, you can, you know, you can fend for yourself. Cause I've, okay, you can fend we've for been yourself. threatening this segment for a you while now, and uh, we've also got that interview that Bakua mentioned with Ali Green coming up as well. So don't go anywhere here on Radio Dub. She lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Yes, driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him up, 1-0! 
It is grand final week here on Radio Dub, FNR Football Nation Radio. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got Pakua Frimpong alongside me as always. And we're delighted to be joined now by one of the stars of the Premiership winning Sydney FC team. Left back Ali Green joins us now. They're looking to do the double on the weekend. How are you, Ali? Good, thanks. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. We are doing really well. We're very excited, we've got to say. Grand final week is always a, it's always a special time. You know, I'm also doubly happily be happy because, Josh, I did say Sydney FC were my pick to make the finals and win it all at the start of the year. So I'm just I'm you saying did, actually. I am a bit of a fortune teller. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, maybe I might do a few more predictions. Who knows? I, I'm, I think I'm still ahead in the, the finals game to game predictions. Let it go. Predictions, let but, it go. Okay, you don't, bragging's right. not good. <laughs> <laughs> rematch of last season's decider, Ali. Uh, it must be great to be able to have the opportunity to to go one better than uh, than last time out. The, it's the revenge game. <laughs> it is the revenge game. I can't believe it's it's happened this way again. But um, you know, Melbourne are you know they've even said it themselves. They're they're a great finals team, and they've they've pushed their way into that fourth spot at the brink of the end of the season. And, um, yeah, credit to them. They've done well in their two two semifinals to bring them to this grand final again. And um, we're super excited to have that chance to get revenge and hopefully, you know, put out a great performance as a team and um, lift the trophy at the end. But, yeah, just focusing on this last week of training for now. Heading into the finals, do you guys look back on the film from the last year's grand final or you just focused on this one and just maybe look at the games from this season uh, with victory yeah I mean I think victory obviously have a few different um, players in their team this year as to what they had last year and they work differently in ways Uh, they've got some great players like individually like Alex Chidiak and those kind of players you kind of have to um, you know refocus as a group and make sure that you know, you're doing your job to shut down those quality players. and um, But I think, you know, last year we also, we've lost players like Theresa Plyer. So we have like a different game plan around this grand final too. And um, I think it was evident that we played really well against Victory now in our midweek game this season against them. Um, it was a pretty heavy week for us. And I think now we've got, you know, that little bit of rest as well. Hopefully we can put out an even better performance on Sunday. Speaking of Teresa, you the team is a lot younger than they were last season. It's a much younger group. Who's that like vocal leader of the more experienced players that you know hypes you guys up for the finals and even throughout the season as you go along? Yeah, I mean, obviously Nat Tobin has come in, um, taken a you know brilliant responsibility over from uh, Teresa Pelias as captain this year, and um, obviously she's our most experienced player. And the fact she's been at Sydney for about ten years now. Just crazy to think because she's still so young herself. Um, so obviously natural leaders like that um, as she's worn the band this season. But uh, we've got experience, you know, right from the back from Jada. She's, you know, played a lot of A-League women's now. Um, so she's very vocal always as a keeper should be. Um, but, yeah, it leads up to the front. I mean, there's experience up there too. Even though we're young, we've all had a few seasons under our belt now. So, yeah, we're ready to fill in the gaps where we can. Unbeaten in New South Wales this season. Uh, you've got the final on, on home turf. That must give you a lot of confidence. Yeah, I didn't realise that, but it's true. Um, yeah, it's, it's an exciting thing, I guess, having another home final. Um, we're pretty lucky in that way. Not many clubs or teams get to experience that, um, you know, consecutively over the last couple of years. So, 
um, it's something we have to take in our, in our advantage and um, use it to the best of our ability by putting out a strong performance. And obviously we have, you know, our friends and family there um, to support us, but you can't ever take it for granted too much. Um, you know, we lost the grand final at the same um, grandstand last year. So we'll have to uh, do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> something, that's, something that's different about this year's grand finals, obviously you guys get the week off and it's a new finals format. I want to just get your opinion on, do you like the new finals format? And also, what do you do as a, as a player during that week off to, you know, kind of prep yourself because it is a new experience? Yeah, it has been a bit different um, in many ways, I guess. Uh, you know, obviously we're used to playing our semi-final and the following week be the grand final straight away. Um, but I think, you know, we actually had a really tough game against Melbourne City. We played 120 minutes against them, which really did feel like a grand final in itself. Um, so those games do take quite a bit to recover from. And I think, you know, we are still quite sore at the end of last week. Um, so I think it's been... Um, a good advantage that we've been able to have the week off. Um, Definitely something that, you know, plays in your mind a bit as whether you want the momentum to go into the final uh, the following week or not. But um, we're just hoping that, you know, we've refreshed up enough that we can be ready to go again on Sunday. Take us through that semi-final then. Uh, 2-0 down and the game was just flipped on its head. Uh, It was such a dramatic match. Uh, What stood out to you from that night? Yeah, it was like it was extremely disappointing that we went into half time one nil down. I felt like you know even though City were playing some really good football, we um, you know we still had good momentum and we had chances that we created that we just didn't put away. Um, and it's we went into half time actually quite positive. I mean we we felt that a goal was coming definitely, and um, but then going into the second half we conceded again and it was two nil and it was it was a big roller coaster of emotions um, and then. You know, getting that one goal back really gave us some hope, um, and we still had time left on the clock. And um, it was <laughs> it was amazing that Rojas could um, convert that one right in the dying minutes. Um, but I felt like we deserved it, and you know, we had chances like Courtney Vine um, going in on goal before the card was given, and and things like that. So I think you know, fate kind of gave us that goal in the end. But um, yeah, we worked hard for it, and and we never gave up, and that just proved um, to to work in extra time as well when we scored those other two goals that we deservedly got to. Your front three gets a lot of the headlines because they score a lot of goals and they're quite prolific and especially in that midfield as well with Hawksby, you know, they combine really well. But that defence has been really solid all year and you've had different people come in and out and you've really bonded and, you know, been united no matter what the lineup is. What's the secret behind that, you know, really great defence that you guys have? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think about it sometimes too. I just go, wow, I can't believe how, you know, amazing we've all worked together this year. Um, you know, take the likes of Charlie. Um, she's, you know, only played a few inconsistent seasons, not because she's not a good enough player, but she's always had, you know, such competition up against her in the midfield. She actually plays number 10 as a natural position. So for her to, you know, kick back out on the right back, just like she's, you know, never played it, but it's like, what the hell, Charlie? Like, you're a freak. <laughs> She's just come into her own strides. And it's the same with um, Charlotte McLean. She's, you know, hardly played a league for two seasons now, yet she's started every game that she's come into the team. So um, players like that. And then, of course, Nat Tobin, who's so versatile and she can play centre-back or a six or wherever you need her, really. So I think, you know, just being able to 
play those games consistently together for the past couple seasons has really um, helped us in our way this season too. Well, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned that about Charlie because I think she made my team of the season at right back. So I had no idea she was a number 10 naturally. That goes to show just how comfortably she's she's slotted into that position. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell in the way with her feet, she's so good um, technically in tight spaces and um, that's certainly become because of her um, you know, tight ball control in the midfield that she's had for all those seasons growing up. But, um, yeah, I mean, our midfield's so competitive and, um, you know, Every single one that's in there now, starting or not starting, um, you know, they could fill any other A-League team. So it's it's quite bizarre that Charlie's ended up at right back. But Ante has obviously seen that she's good enough there and she's good enough there. So um, it's good to, for her to have that up her sleeve as well. In terms of, you know, there's been everyone's in the Sydney team has played really well and you guys are a great unit. But speak for your own season, how have you, like, looked at it and what have you learnt throughout the season about yourself and what have you think you've kind of improved on? Yeah, it's um it's kind of tricky sometimes and you know, it's so great that you're at a club for the um for so many years. Like this is my fifth season with Sydney FC now. Um and sometimes it does get tricky because, you know, you're in a comfortable environment, you're um not always challenged as much as you probably could be if you were in a different environment with new players and a new coach. Um but Ante's always had belief in me and um I worked hard for the first couple seasons under him to secure a starting spot. Um so it was only kind of last season that I really secured that starting spot. I was always up against the likes of Matildas and internationals for those um fullback positions. So um I think it's really uh worked out well for me now. I think, you know, fighting so hard for that spot for so long. Um, it means the world to me now that I can just get consistent games starting under Ante and um, and just working hard for the team. It's a it's a difficult position and you don't get much accolade for it. Um, only when you get an assist or something like that. So uh, you just got to you know put your best performance in each week and see what comes of it. Well, you did manage to get yourself an assist in the semi final. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, let us let us give you some accolades yes, now. Come on, I feel like <laughs> we need some clapping, you know, in the background. I mean, that's what's <laughs> I'll see what I have on the stings. Don't board. worry, I wasn't asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of looking ahead after this season's over, do you have any plans for what you're going to do, or are you, you know, maybe staying in Australia or looking to go overseas? Yeah, um, I'm not sure yet. To be honest, I've you know I've tried the last couple of years to get overseas, and it's proven trickier than I thought um obviously haven't had that national team experience yet which it doesn't help on your resume to get into clubs but um hoping that this this year's different and now that you know COVID restrictions aren't as tight on clubs and travel overseas um we'll see but otherwise you know I'm just going to have a bit of time off after A-League um season season I haven't really I was, you know, training and working hard all throughout lockdown last year, so I haven't really had a proper break for probably a year now. Um, so that's the reality of women's football. We're going all year, but not really compensated for it. So um, we're just, yeah, I think I'll take a bit of time off and just catch up on myself. I'm pretty sore, pretty exhausted. Um, it's been a big couple months, especially, you know, the back end of the season when we're travelling so much as well. Um, everyone thinks we're so lucky to have all the home games at the start of the season, but it 
you always know that it's going to bite you in the butt at the end of the season. So um, it has caught up on us and I'll just probably try and recover and refresh, to be honest. Uh, extend the season, Josh, I believe yeah. is the motto <laughs> and uh, the hashtag that needs to continue going. Extend I'm all the for that hashtag. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I did want to ask you about, you know, the sacrifices that uh, A-League women's players have to make. You know, you're not often not full-time uh, like your, your male counterparts. I mean... What are some of the examples that you can think of during the season of, of the links that you and your teammates have had to go to to actually get this season completed and make it out onto the park every week? Because a, a lot of you have, have day jobs. Yeah, a lot of us do. Um, and, you know, we're quite a young team still, so a lot of us are naturally still studying um, as, mm. you know, a lot of the younger players are. So I think, you know, for the likes of like Nat Tobin, myself and definitely a few others that have full-time, part-time jobs, um, it really does prove quite challenging and um, your everyday male counterpart won't actually know what the, you know, the lengths that we go to to just put out the same, try and put out the same performance as they do each week. Um, and it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm pretty sure Nat Tobin doesn't have any annual days leave uh, left and it's you know only April mm. you know and it's things like that that um, people don't understand that it's you know we we do what we can to get out these um, A-League seasons and you know provide our best performances for everyone to watch on but um, you know for the rest of the year it's a struggle and then we you know reconvene at the end of the year and it's um, you're just expected to do the same again but it's never um, like I said compensated so uh, it's a bit disappointing that we're still kind of um, in this same day and age of, mm. you know, it's nearly 2023 and we have a World Cup next year, but we're still trying to fight to work and study and um, play our best football. So it does get pretty exhausting and I think that's what takes a toll on a lot of us as well emotionally. But, um, you know, we love it and we've, we've grown up doing it, so we don't really um, complain about it ever too much. Do you think that is the the first like big step is just extending the season or do you think there are other things that probably need to get done first before we extend the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously our biggest fight with extending the season is the financial, um, you know, reasons behind it. But I think just actually having more games will develop us as players. Um, I think that's the main argument there. It's We're not playing enough uh, to ultimately develop our national team or, um, you know, widen your horizons by being able to play in bigger clubs overseas as well. Um, We just don't develop as quickly as those European or American clubs do with their players. So um, it it definitely is, you know, a conversation we've been having for probably too long now and it either just needs to happen or not. There needs to be a plan um, for the next couple of years, I think especially again with the World Cup. I mean, it's such a major tournament and it doesn't come around very often in Australia. So I think, you know, there's obviously a massive team working behind it. But, yeah, I'm hoping that a result like this comes out of it. I mean, mean, that's what we've been talking about, especially a few weeks ago when the Fiona Wirt story went around about her working at Maccas and all this. And, uh, you know, my thing was that there was a rebrand at the start of the season to call it the A-League as well which implies a level of parity that probably doesn't exist yet. So maybe the next step is to is to actually, you know, earn that title by uh, by treating the players a bit better. But first of all, we've got to celebrate the season and that's uh, in the form of the grand final this weekend. What's your uh, your prep, your superstitions the week leading up? Do you have a routine? Um, not too not too superstitious, I'd like to say, but um 
Yeah, I mean, just focusing again at training this week. Uh, we played an internal game last week to, you know, tick over the legs at the end of last week. But I think this week it's just the same old, treat it like any other game. That's what I like to do anyway. Um, and, of course, you know, study the team that we're going to be versing, which is victory again. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they pull up after a few tough games in their semifinals. But, um yeah, just, you know, it sounds cliche, but just focus on what we have to do and um, individually make myself, you know, as best as I can in my, in my body and um, just be ready for the, it'll be a big game. I already know it. And uh, so obviously, you know, the grand final, you can't get too far ahead, but surely there are some level of celebrations that are kind of, you know, in the back of your mind after, you know, the seat, after, if, you, if you, you know, hopefully win. It, can you allow yourself to even think about that for a second or as athletes you got to go, no, we've just got to focus on the game only? Yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. Like you do really want to celebrate, you know, like we've achieved so much already. We've broken records this year. We've, and, you know, we're all still a young team. We've got players that are still under 18 that can't even celebrate properly with us. <laughs> but they, um, you know, it's it's been a massive effort uh, for the last six months and, um, don't worry, we'll be celebrating no matter what. But, um, yeah, just, I guess, focusing on Sunday first. You can't really look past it. Um, it's not going to be an easy game in any regards and they're going to be out to go back to back again and we're going to be out for revenge. So, um, you know, just doing what we can to prep for it and, and then, you know, celebrate properly afterwards. Well, we haven't told you this yet, but our other guest on the show tonight is actually your direct opponent on the weekend in Leah Privatelli. So uh, I'm sure you were watching with interest in the in the derby. She had a very good game. She's an absolute menace to play against, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, she was, you know, a missing link when they versed us um, in the season as well. She she got subbed on later, I think. She had been injured and mm. on limited time. But, um, yeah, she's a she's an amazing player and she's really coming into her strides this this last um, bit of the season. So, yeah, she's had some good semi-final performances and I think obviously she links up so well with Melina Ayres as well, um, who's, you know, looking dangerous as ever, even though it's like a third game back, which just blows my mind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're f- the whole midfield, their front three, their back line, it's all good. Um, it's hard to break down and it's hard to stop. And we experienced that last year in the grand final, trust me. So... Um, we'll be looking to shut down and, yeah, say hello to Leah for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you're, you're a cracker on Twitter. You have some great like great, uh, great vibes on Twitter. Is, so, is media something that you are looking at potentially after, you know, later down the track in your career? Yeah, I mean, I think Twitter's, you know, it's my little playground. I love Twitter recently. It's I just, you know, I'm able to – obviously we're, you know – in, in the boundaries still, we're, we can't say too much if we're contracted players at the moment. But um, obviously, I just like to to let people know that you know there's still we're still not at inequality for um, women's football, and I just like to remind people that this is the reality, and this is what we have to deal with every day. We have to deal with games not being televised. We have to deal with last minute you know pitch changes that wouldn't happen in the men's and. Um, you know, our, our semi-final not being broadcast, which still just makes me so angry because half my family couldn't even watch that day, you know, and it was such a cracking game and it wasn't on telly. And, you know, as again, I repeat over and over again, we have a World Cup next year and 
people are meant to be, you know, we're meant to ramp up the support and get people following our game. And if they can't see it, then how we, how do we expect that? So I think, you know, Twitter and media and it's all, it's all fun and games, but it's just um, my way of getting out the, getting out the message to the people that care. She might be my new, my new superhero. Josh might be on my new favourite A-Leagues women's player Ooh. after this interview. <laughs> I can't lie. I, I, every time she speaks, I'm like, you know what? I, that's the same thing I mm. feel about football and, you know, growing up and seeing, you know, being a young girl, not really seeing that there are, you know, options avail- like available to, to get into, you know, professional football and the fact that we're still here and we're not able to – the game's not growing at the rate it should be. It's quite disappointing and people like Ali, you know, speaking up about it does, a, you know, a really important thing. Well, I think you and you and many people feel the same way, but not everyone has the platform to talk about it, so that's why I do it. <laughs> well, we love how vocal you are, and we've loved your performances on the pitch this season as well. At the very least, the grand final will be on free-to-air TV, so your whole family will be able to tune in and watch you take on the Melbourne victory, 4.05 p.m. kickoff on Sunday. Ali, best of luck in the title decider. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you again sometime down the track. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polias! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Meet him out, 1-0! Okay, the time for talk is over. The time for action has begun. We have been teasing this segment for a few weeks now. Pakua's taking her time, taking a, a long, hard think about some really tough selection dilemmas and come back with her team of the season. I've picked one as well, but Pakua, I'm going to start with yours. Your A-League Women Team of the Year. Give it to me, please. I feel really stressed out. And I, if, you know, if there was a camera in here before the show, I was very stressed out trying to figure this out. Um, in goals, it, it was like a beautiful mind or something. So I could scary. see the equations running past your head. There's just bits of paper strewn, getting you know crumpled up and thrown in the <laughs> trash can. It was it was quite it was quite a sight to yeah. see it in action. The, mm, the, the process, absolutely, absolutely. if you could call it that. Um, in I'm going to go for, uh, formation. Firstly, is a four four two in a diamond, for, like four four two diamond. Head, the coach, obviously, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I'm a massive. Massive Alexa Parkers fan, so he gets the nod for coach of this team. In goals, Bubs, Melbourne City, obviously. Melissa Barbieri. Okay, you can do the um, you know the long names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right back, Caitlin Torpy. She's done a tremendous mm. job this season. I think she, her going forward has really helped City. You know, especially in some tough spots, and she's played in a little different role um, than you know she has before. So I really, really um, like that. At left back, uh, somebody we spoke to just before, Ali Green. I think she had a tremendous season, and it was quite. I wanted to didn't want to put too many players from Sydney, but I thought she was definitely one of my favourites, and she was quite solid. And there wasn't much that I, you know. So recap: you got Bubs in goal. Yep. Ali Green left back. Yep. Torpy. Caitlin Torpy is your right back. Yep. Okay. Now the centre back position. You know, Josh, that was probably the where I struggled the mm. most to figure out who I wanted to put in. The first one is Nat Tobin. I know she had that mistake in the in the 
like prelim, the prelims. Yep. I don't know what we're calling it. The actually. preliminary final, yeah. I think, is the is but the approved nomenclature. I think she has probably been the most consistent of all the defenders that we've had all year, and she's led that defensive line of Sydney with multiple changes, and they've had very different lineups at stage, and she's been quite the one real constant in that side. Now, this next one, a little controversial, but uh, Claudia Bunch, because I, I at times I criticise Victory's defence, but then I was looking at the stats. Victory have done very well and have kept a lot of clean sheets throughout this entire season, and one of the players who've played tremendously all year has got to be Claudia Bunch. Without her, I think it's like they, they struggle. And there were other defenders. I thought about Winona Heatley, Emma Checker in that position, but I thought for what she's done for victory, Claudia Bunch probably gets the nod for me. Now, midfield is quite easy. I'm not going to lie to you. Midfield, two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It was This was the easiest one. Number 10, we've got uh, Mackenzie Hawksby. I think she's been undoubtedly the best player this year. That's just my opinion. Sure. Number in the in number six role, Alex Shidiak, who should be playing for that for the Matildas. Interesting. Absolutely, that's the role. Given she's barely played there this season, that's just that's just a bit of opinion from you. You think no, but, I, she, but she did play there a few times, and you know, yeah, okay. I think that she's she is a number six, and you know, I think that's her best position. Uh, on the two on the right hand side of that diamond, we've got Courtney Vine. Oh, so it's a wide diamond. I yeah, see. it's a wide. Okay, diamond. it's quite wide. Um, Vine, she's. She's got a lot of goals. Obviously, she played for Matilda, so she was out of the squad for a little bit. But, you know, Vine's been tremendous and she's probably one of Sydney's, out, yeah. Yeah, one of Sydney's best players. Um, Holly McNamara on that left-hand side. Okay, cool. Uh, I I know – I think that even though she hasn't played that many games, actually, when you look at it compared to the season because she was out with the Matildas and obviously she's got the injury late on, I think when she has played, she's been 10 out of 10 and she is the best player that City had all year. And if – C made the top four and came second. I think it's quite hard to leave her out of the side. Up top, Fiona Wirtz and Chelsea Dorber. The Adelaide that Adelaide duo. Strike duo. I know it's controversial to leave Hannah Wilkinson out, but those that front two of Adelaide, I think Adelaide deserve to be in the team of the season because they have been prolific together. They have combined quite well. And I think if my team was to go out on the weekend, we'd score a lot of goals and we'd defend pretty goddamn well. Yeah, that's that's a compelling eleven, I have to say. With Alex Park as the coach, Whew. Alex Park is the head coach. Try stop us. Yeah, I like it. I like it a yeah. lot. Anything you change? Oh, actually, Josh, tell us what your team right. are. Uh, they they're fairly similar. Okay. Although I had a crisis of trying to fit all like I had twelve players I wanted to get in, and they did not make sense as an yeah. eleven. I had to omit one, and then I. Just put the best players on the park and didn't care about the positions too much. I just want people to know that Josh is going to say a player's name, but he did forget one player who I said was the uh, best player of you know the whole entire year. So you did forget about him until I reminded you about that particular player. Mm, okay. Do you, are they still on the team? Yes. Okay. Whew. Scary. All right. So Aparkas is the head coach for me as well because yeah. I, I just think he got so much out of that Perth Glory Absolutely. side. You know, you could say Jeff Hopkins, they had an inconsistent year. You could say... Adrian Stenter. You could say Stenter, the semi-final loss. You know, if he'd won that game, that might push him over the top for me. Yeah, but you know. But Adelaide Adelaide folded in that in that fixture, and I just don't think they had an answer for victory. Yeah. I mean, given what victory's gone on to do against City, maybe that looks a little bit better, but it was on a knife edge there for me. 
You know, you could also argue Ante Juric, but I just think they've got by, by far and away the best squad. And the probably most consistent is, system, you know. I mean, giving it to Ante Juric is kind of like giving it to Rado Vidasic two years ago yeah. when he had a team full of Matildas. You know, that's that's how good this Sydney FC side is on paper. So I'm going to go through. Melissa Barbieri's Formation, my, please. What's formation, Josh? I will reveal as oh, okay. as we go. Okay. Okay. In goals, Melissa Barbieri, I am in, in agreement. Thought she had an incredible year after Sally James had that injury. She wasn't even supposed to be the first choice. Yeah, she was she's supposed to be assistant coach slash backup. She had a almost a career year. Absolutely. You know, it was crazy. Uh, the amount of incredible saves she made, the double save late against Brisbane Raw, tipping it over the crossbar against Sydney FC See? at home. Yeah. Like, there's so many memorable moments. I don't think any goalkeeper had memorable moments like that. You know, you could argue Jada Wyman kept a lot of clean sheets. She had less to do. She had very, very and that's many fewer saves to make. And to the Sydney defence. The Jada Wyman didn't have a lot to do at mm. stages of the season. The, the the back line is where I struggled. Me too. I, I really it was struggled the last in the back bit line. that I could fill out. And you know, maybe that's that shows a, a lack of depth in the in the Matildas in the defence. Yeah. You know, uh, which we've talked about a lot this year. So the the talent coming through. We need to see. We need to see more more players. Um, especially, you know, at centre back, at left back, I think we're a little thin. Um, but I've gone for a back three. Okay, I was thinking about that, but I did I slightly controversial it. back three. But Ali Green before the break told us that Charlie's rule can play anywhere. Okay, she's the most. So I've put her on the right of a back three. Ooh, nice. Okay, you want to have you want to have that player who's confident on the ball who can step into midfield if you're playing with a with three three at the back. And she's going to play. That player. Are you picking three centre backs now? Sort of, sort yeah. Of, okay, okay. In the middle of the uh, in the back three is Nat Tobin. Yeah, fair, very fair. I initially said you, oh, the semi final uh, slip. You know the 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 error rules are out, but then I looked at Sydney FC's defensive record, and she's been the rock. Yeah, there, and the leader as well. So on the left of the back three, I've got Claudia Bunge as well. Yeah, thought she coped really well with having so many different defensive partners over the course of the season until Brooke Hendricks finally came in. For Melbourne Victory, losing Kayla Morrison was and I think we spoke a big blow. Yeah, so. I think when we spoke about it, um, I can't remember what game they had coming up, but we were like, "Oh, Claudia Bunge is still away with the New Zealand national team." I, I, we were quite mm. concerned about their ability to play, and that's a testament to how well she's done throughout the entire season. And you know, her distribution's good as well. Yeah, she put Melina Esther on goal on the weekend. And I will say, I was looking at her stats. Most of like. Over half her passes are actually going forward, and there's a tendency with a lot of defenders to go sideways, mm. sideways, and you know she's backwards. Very, very she's very, positive. you know, direct, and she wants to go forward. Now, this her. this formation it's going to sound pretentious here, but it's here it's go. inspired by Marcelo Bielsa's Chile side yeah. that I, I loved watching in the World Cup okay. in 2010. Let me just draw this so I can visually it's, see this. What's the go, Josh? Come on. I mean, I guess you'd call it a three-six-one. Three in the midfield and six up front. No, three-six-one. Six in the midfield. Oh, I thought you six up front. Let's get it. You so know. it's it's a diamond. Okay. There are two two. Yeah, diamond. A narrow diamond. Two wide players that are very aggressive wing backs. Yeah. And one pivot player up front. Okay. Yep. Three. <laughs> <laughs> one two three. One two three. Yeah, it adds up to eleven. One two three four five six seven eight nine ten. 11, yeah, okay, I, I, I got an extra circle for no reason. Ignore okay, me. all right, all right. You following? Yeah, I'm following you. Okay, Base of the midfield, someone I think you overlooked unfairly, Rebecca Stott. 
I didn't overlook her, Josh. I don't want I don't want anybody to come for me thinking that I'm you know don't even I, I don't I have a, a membership in the Rebecca Stott fan club. Okay, I just thought that there are if I went my formation, she couldn't be in there because mm. I think you're going to cheat. But go on. I am I am definitely cheating. Yeah. I'm definitely cheating. I I acknowledge this. On either side of that narrow diamond. You didn't even put them in right positions. It's okay. I've gone with Dylan Holmes and Alex Chidiak. Both who we had on the show, who were both yes. fantastic. Chids, I think it speaks for herself that her performance on the weekend was unbelievable. Yeah. She's been the heartbeat of that team. It did hurt me to leave uh, Dylan Holmes out of that side. I thought she's been very excellent this season. And Adelaide's turnaround in form came after she slotted into the lineup in round four or five. You know, they were pretty pretty bad before she arrived. And as soon as she slotted in there, she hit the ground running. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I've actually got three Adelaide players in this team. Yeah, I've got a two. Providing pace out wide. Is this in the space. is this the narrow No no, these are the these are the two wide players, the two wingers. Wide, wide wingers. Or just the, in your diamond. You know, they they just I guess they're no, not in the diamond. Oh, okay, the yeah, yep, yep. The far far ones. Yep. Maybe it's easier to think of it as a three five two. Is that easier? Honestly, yes, yeah, probably. <laughs> Three five two with one withdrawn striker. I'm just so confused, that... but you should have just done us. We should have just picked the same formation. All right, okay, so the middle of the midfield is Stott, Chids, and Holmes. Yep. The wide midfielders. Yep. Courtney Vine and Chelsea Dorber. If you, I know exactly what's about to happen. You're a per- crazy person. But go forth. <laughs> okay. Two fans. So wait. Courtney Vine and Chelsea, Chelsea Dorber. Yep. Whichever flank, I don't care. I've got them both, so I'm, you know, I have no issues. But I know your last go, go, Josh, say it the, with your chest. The number ten, I guess, or the second striker mm-hmm. is Mackenzie Hawksby. Love her getting into the box. Goggles. Who you forgot about when you first? I started. did forget about yeah. her. And the number nine, the leading scorer in the competition, is Fiona Wirtz. So I just want everybody to know that, like, I picked, like, honestly, it's not a ten out of ten team, but it's like a solid, solid team. Yeah, Josh here. Holly McNamara's not in the squad. <laughs> Forget everything else he said. Holly McNamara's not in the squad. So I don't know if we ha- he has any credibility. I don't know if we can really trust him anymore. I don't know if he can be on the show anymore is mm. what I'm trying to say. She played eight games. But she was fantastic in all of those eight hey, games. I don't, control, I don't control the injuries. How many games did... I don't make the rules. Well, how many games exactly did Alex Chudiak play? I don't think it can be, can, could have been that much more games. Hmm. Let me, because, give me... Give me a second. No, because I think that by ruling Holly McNamara because of, like, you know, the amount of games she's played, I think Alex Shidiak or, like, hasn't played that. And Rebecca Stott also didn't play a few games as well. Well, it's only a 14-game season. If you miss nearly half of it, you know, you're on notice. She was with the Matildas, Josh. Is that not – and she played herself into that Matilda squad. Is that not – Chids has over- played 11. It's a big difference in a 14-game oh, season. Gosh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that, Josh. I think that's – I think it's very harsh to leave her out. I think she, it I is think, harsh. But like, if she doesn't get injured, she gets in no questions asked. It's just, it's just literally a threshold, ten game threshold. Otherwise, you're not in. That's that's that was that I, was my incredibly arbitrary rule that I decided to make it easy for myself. Okay. Lucky you're not making, you know, you know the whatever. But uh, okay, just you know, off the, off, I'm saying that Mackenzie Hawksby has been, I think, my player of the season because I think Sydney FC without her hmm. are not the team they are. I. I think it's shown multiple times when other teams have locked Mackenzie Hawksby up and Sydney haven't been able to play the way, you know, that she's played. Um, they, they've played, sorry. Who is your player of the season or do you not have them, that person? I think you know what the answer is. 
Is it Ali Shia? It's Shia. <laughs> of, course, of course it is. Not surprised at all. Not surprised. I don't think we even need to elaborate. I don't think we need to yeah. uh, do any more Chids propaganda on this program. I just think she's been the best player in the league. Yeah. Just on just on quality, not in terms of impact on a team or context of the season, just in terms of week to week. If Basically, if you go to the, the backyard and you're picking teams and you've got two captains, who do you pick first? You pick Alex Judiak. So. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think Mackenzie Hawksby's, you know, been she's, a, she's been great. She's had a great season. But Fiona Wirtz also deserves an incredible shout. She's had an incredible season also. Yeah, she's been unbelievable. I mean, she's had a couple of big scoring sprees, uh, yeah. uh, which I guess Help. almost – well, it kind of counts against her in a way because she, she she crashed in five goals in one game and a hat-trick in another. So the yeah. goals tally starts to look a little bit less impressive if you're beating up on some of the smaller teams. That's why I don't have her as player of the season, but she still starts up top of my team of the year. But Bakua, we've got to go because we've got Oz Football Hour coming up afterwards. I'm very excited for you. Not, no Jason today, but Lockie is Mr. Well, Lockie is stepping in and we're going to Some be talking. Some would say he's um, a quite a modelish man, but, you know, I wouldn't say that. I think, yeah, he's a model for the rest of the presenters to follow, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Can't wait. For the Oz Football Hour, straight after this, stick around. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Palace. It's an absolute... 